Hey, hey, and welcome to Toast. Now, we're talking about the Balkans today. Again, we're continuing with that region. Uh, because I was finishing with Montenegro and I was talking about uh, picking up, you know, travelers and traveling with them. And I, when I mean picking up, it's I mean like traveling together, not necessarily um, romantically or anything like that, of course. Um, I was traveling with this girl, Michaela, from Kator, one of those, you know, people that was in one of those awesome hostels where I just won the roulette. And we went to Mostar and Sarajevo in Bosnia together, and it was really cool. And because I've already talk, spoken about Mostar, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Bata's tour, um, really good episode, I hope, but definitely one of the coolest places and most interesting, you know, historically um, in that entire region. Mostar is just at the epicenter of it. But so is Sarajevo. And Sarajevo is not a city that many people talk about that often, but it's the capital of Bosnia. And one of the cool things about Sarajevo is that it is in the center of a bunch of mountains. So um, like many cities that you see, it's it's just like in this little valley. And and up until the mid-90s, I mean, they were it at, I, I can't even call it a civil war. It was just a war between pretty much Serbia and Croatia on both sides of those mountains and Bosnians just being stuck in the middle uh, of it. And one of the consequences of that is that you know, Sarajevo is just so incredibly diverse and it just, it, like they have a mixture of all of the cultures and it was historically one of those places where East met West. And Sarajevo has this amazing area where you can really see the defining line and they even put like, you know, call it a compass on it that just shows you where you have the Austro-Hungarian rule, you know, to the west and you have the ottoman or turkish kind of influence to the east where the entire road changes from you know laid cobblestone to like actual stones like cobbled stones so it's really really cool because they have that in most star as well but it's not as obvious as you see it in sarajevo where you see you know uh, a catholic church um a protestant church on one side and you also see like a synagogue on the other on that side and you know, a few meters away, you have mosques and people yelling their prayers four or five times a day. And it's just such a beautiful sight to be able to see so much of the world compacted into one city that has so much historical evidence that if you're still listening and you don't know the historical evidence of Sarajevo, well, I'm guessing you've heard of World War One. Yeah, that started in Sarajevo. So it's a really insane city. And I'm going to try to go through it in like a linear way. So let's talk about like the cultural diversity. The Balkans already started from a huge mass migration that happened from the Slavic in the countries in the north, like Ukraine and Russia, like thousands of years ago, they migrated to that area and their, their language developed on their own, which is kind of cool because it's still a Slavic language and they don't really understand any of like the Russians as well as, you know, maybe uh, other people in, I don't know, Estonia or something may. So it's, it's a pretty cool reason how that started. And then, you know, you had the Ottomans coming in and the Romans coming in. So you really have all of these cultures at different times and they're just like right in the center of it. And Sarajevo just has that war that happened in the mid nineties that was basically Serbia and Croatia fighting for control and really trying to divide the country in two. But what they couldn't really do was divide the country in two. And so, you know, Bosnia survived. and. What you, what you really have when you're walking down the streets in Sarajevo are these things that they call Sarajevo roses. So any explosion or bombardment during you know that war in the 90s, um, the Bosnian War, was like 
marked on the ground, any of those explosions that killed more than six people. And so each of those roses, they've left them inside the ground and they've, they've plated the ground. Instead of putting the cobblestone, they plated the ground and they put, you know, this, the, the engraving, almost like the mark of the explosion, they left it there and they gave them names, you know, like waiting for bread, which is when, you know, let's say a missile or something hit that area where people were waiting for bread and, and it killed minimum six people. I think that one was 13 people. So people were just getting their morning rations at the time because obviously the only way that they got food was whatever was coming in from the outside and not getting intercepted or bombarded by either the Serbs or the, or the Croats. I'm not going to get into the politics more than, than I need to. Um, let's just say that they were in the middle of it. And these stories really have a really cool effect on anybody who's going. And um, I'm going to bring it back to kind of like where I went in Zagreb in Croatia, which is looking for museums that are very different and non-conventional. So not necessarily um, artistic in the same sense of looking at uh, paintings or things on the wall. Um, but more just like reading stories. So this one was called the um, Children of War Museum. So this is really written by people that would be my age or hopefully, you know, anybody who, who was a child at the time of the war. So in, in, you know, the early to mid 90s, anybody who was a kid was growing up still being a kid, not really understanding what war is, but there was still war happening around them. They'd still knew that uh, sirens were going off every day and they had to take, you know, cover and shelter and they don't really understand until maybe, you know, they lose a loved one like their mother and their father. And that's what this museum was all about. It is people who have relics, like in that m museum of broken relationships in Zagreb, um, relics of that wartime, right? So whether it was just a specific toy or some other thing that they had that really linked them to that moment, right? So like they saw that toy years later, maybe in 2015 or something when they were opening the museum and they just said like, oh yeah, I still have that toy. And this is the story behind this toy or this is the story behind the bike, um, whatever it was. And it was really cool to just go through a museum and read people's firsthand accounts of being, I don't know, five, six, seven years old while their city is literally under siege for years it was literally for years that their city was under siege and it's just incredible to see that they still have you know had the the ability to keep those toys and keep those stories and share those stories with us and it was one of the, my favorite museums in the world again it's right up there with museum of broken relationships just because of how unique they are and these stories just like touch your heart and really put you in a place and they make you walk around the city with a different feel um Sarajevo is not just a war-torn city, you know, it's the start of World War One. So, um, this, you know, you get to see where he was, where they were, or the Archduke Franz Ferdinand was shot um, because his driver didn't know that they had changed the route so that he wouldn't go on the original route where he was going to get shot. And then, alas, the driver took the same route and he got shot. Um, and it started World War One, and it ended the Austro-Hungarian Empire and, and, you know, created a whole issue for that region but Sarajevo also has this awesome um, bobsled track and if any of you guys have been or if you're planning to go you need to go I mean it's one of those things that like you're in Sarajevo you're one bus ride I think away from this abandoned bobsled track which is then this huge you know converted to this massive street art gallery so you're like walking inside a track that was used for like bobsledding in, in the Olympics I forget what year it was um 
and you know now it's just this great street art area and you could see the entire city of Sarajevo from that track so it's it's really cool for you to to walk up there and get a whole panorama of the area and you could see if you've done some of those like war tours or if you've gotten a little bit of that history then you could see where you know the Serbs and the Croats may have had their their artillery or their tanks or things set up just waiting for people to come outside and whatever whether they're children who are playing or whether they're you know soldiers who are trying to defend their city you could tell that the that you know mountainous position surrounding the city was really uh, good for that um, sadly for the Bosnians but what's really cool is that you know you get to explore this entire uh, like abandoned bobsled track that just littered with street art all over the place and uh it, i don't know it was just it was a special moment you know you really get a connection to a city when you could just see different relics of their past and especially like recent past it's it's hard for maybe some of us to connect to world war ii or something like that because we don't really have any direct connection to it but when i tell you mid 90s and you guys are thinking that you're playing with your legos and your pogs and your super nintendo or whatever it might be maybe your crazy bones and these people were, you know, hiding from bombs. Um, it's just, it's so much like a reality check for somebody who grew up in Canada, like I did, uh, to just see and hear these stories. And, and Sarajevo is just like a great place to put it into perspective. It is the closest, it is the place that holds, you know, so much space in my heart because it's just like the crossroads of east and west you have that turkish and bosnian coffee that they drink so it's they prepare the coffee differently um i don't know exactly how to explain it to you let's just say they heat up the coffee beans first before they pour the hot water in it and then bosnians like to take this little sugar cube and and dip it in their coffee and then they take a bite out of the sugar cube so that they get like coffee flavored sugar instead of you know, sugar flavored coffee. So it's a pretty cool um, culture that they have there. And, you know, like I said before, they have that Catholic Protestant church next to a synagogue and a mosque. And that's the only place in the world where they're found within such close proximity where you can actually see them all in one place. And, and you should really look it up if I don't send a picture, but like how different the street is when you're looking at that East meets West, which is really the motto of, you know, Bosnia and maybe, um, all of the Balkans altogether. So um, that was Sarajevo. I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, hearing about Sarajevo. I think I got sidetracked. I was a little bit all over the place, but it was really, really cool. If you're ever going to the Balkans, you cannot skip Sarajevo, just like you cannot skip Mostar and especially Bata's tour in Mostar. So I'm going to continue with the Balkans in the next two episodes, but I'm going to backtrack to before these these stories and i'm going to go to albania and maybe i'm going to go with the macedonia story that i was thinking i wasn't going to tell earlier on so uh stay tuned thank you for listening and hit that you know like su subscribe share all of that stuff you know what to do see you next time toast out <laughs>